0: You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Amen. If you're standing, go ahead and stand and grab your Bibles and go with me this morning. I'm going to get right into the Word. It's good to see all of you here. We've been missing quite a bit because of uh, the weather, but we're glad that you're here this morning and glad uh, that you came ready to receive from God today. I tell you, I've been encouraged, I've been blessed already Uh, this morning. I tell you what, the song Sister Tiffany sang is a great reminder to all of us and a great encouragement this morning to all of us. You know that we seem to allow the trial to consume us that's facing us, but if we look back, we will remember that God's already, He's already worked that way. It's not something that's new to Him, and I'm thankful for that this morning. I want you to go with me today to the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke in chapter number 15. If you don't have your Bible, you can look along with us on the screen, but it's always important to bring your Bible to the house of the Lord. I want to tell you this morning, I've been somewhat troubled. I found it difficult to settle on a text this morning. I even went back and forth this morning and... uh, I just found it difficult to know exactly where I need to be. It's another message that's in my spirit, but I feel that it's for a different time. This is a very simple message this morning, but I want to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 15, starting in verse number 11, and we're going to read down through verse number 24, and our thought this morning will simply be the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through verse number 24. He said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto him his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living." And when he had spent all and arose in a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want, he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk of the swine that the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare And I perish with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe. And he put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive, and he was lost and he is found. And they began to be merry. You know, this week as I I, I studied on this I studied on another subject that will probably be on next week but I happened to think about a thought uh, in my mind and my last two devotionals reflected that you know I consider faith worship center to be a spirit-filled church we try our best to be, to be led by the Spirit, to follow the leading of the Spirit and praise and worship and everything we do. I, I'm a man of order. I'm a man of reverence. And I feel that's important and I feel it's right with the Scripture because everything that we do should be decent and be ordered. But you know I can think of nothing and you know my heart is souls. I can think of nothing more sad than for a person to sit in Faith Worship Center and a Spirit-filled church and lose their soul to eternity. I can't think of anything. That breaks my heart anymore. Than a person to have an opportunity to accept Jesus. And say I know I have this opportunity. But I reject him. There's nothing worse. Well, This morning I feel I'd be wrong if I went anywhere else. I just want to remind you. Of the greatest truth I could ever give you. And that is simply of a father's love. A heavenly father for you. And in this thought. This title. The prodigal son. Would you bow your head and will you help me pray. Father I love you this morning. And I thank you God for your grace. And for your mercy and your love. I thank you for every individual that is here this morning. Every family represented. I'm asking you to do something I can't do this morning Lord. And that is for the power and the person of the Holy Spirit to prick a heart this morning that maybe is wayward, maybe that is distant from you. God, I don't know where they're at, Lord, but I know that you do. And I know, God, if they examine their heart, well, God, we already know where we stand with you. I'm asking you to open our ears to hear your word, our hearts to receive your word, God, and anoint my lips to deliver this already anointed word. And I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, And the honor in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it and everybody says, Amen. You know, you can set in a spirit-filled church, a place of bread. You can sing, you can clap, you can join in in everything that we do. And go through all of the actions and still be not right in your heart. And God is looking upon our heart. And so our heart is the question. Our heart is what we have to look and we have to search. This morning, if I was to back up to the beginning of this chapter, I could remind you very simply, first of all, we have the first parable of the one lost sheep. The second parable is of the one lost coin. And the third one that we read about here is of the one son that left the house. Which tells me this, that the one... Us being singular, us being individual, is most important to God because God is an individual God. I want you to think about something this morning. Before God is the God of the world or God of the universe, He is God that died for you. He's Jesus that died for you. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows every detail about your life. He knows every bit of abuse, he knows every wrong, he knows every error, he knows everything about you and still yet he died so that you did not have to spend eternity separated from him. This is a favorite of the church, a favorite of mine and I want to bring it back to our remembrance this morning and as we think about this great parable. It's the story of the love of a father and here's something that I want you to think about. As Jesus is sitting with those that he's sitting with and he's talking about the prodigal son and he gives them the story. They've never heard anything like this before. They have never heard a story like this before. They've heard about love. They knew about love. They had experiential love. But to hear about a love from a father that would accept his son back after giving him everything that he whole owed him in regards to an inheritance. They never heard a story like this before. The uh, level of love that is in the prodigal son was far beyond the level of love that a man or a woman had ever given before. And it was something that would be difficult for them to grasp and be difficult for them to understand. To the shepherd... Why would I leave 99 and go find the one and take a risk on the 99 being lost? You don't do that. You don't, if you have a calf that is out, you don't let the rest of them out just so that they might find the one. You take care of what you had. The more you have was, is the better in the eyes of man. But Jesus looked at it like this. They're not the ones that is lost. The only one is lost. So I will leave the 99 that is found and I will go out and I will find the one that is lost to the lost coin. He said the woman would search. She would sweep. She would look diligently. She would call her neighbors she would move furniture she would move chairs out of the way and she would search until she found the one lost coin and then she would call her neighbors again and they would rejoice because the one that was lost was now found to the prodigal son we have a picture here of a father that, that uh, How that a father could love a child this much and then that willingly left, wasted everything that he would ever have, uh, wasted everything about his life, and then a father accept him back with arms open wide and love him as if he had never lived. It's a perfect picture. It's a perfect picture of the love that God has for us. If I was to ask you this morning, what does the word prodigal mean? What does the word prodigal mean? Many couldn't tell us the definition of the word prodigal. Prodigal, wayward, the one that left, that's not the definition. That's not the definition. The true definition of prodigal is one that wasted life and spent recklessly. In other words, they were one that was went out into the world and completely wasted their life. And let me tell you this morning, a life without Jesus is a wasted life. And they spent recklessly. In other words, they didn't care about the direction they were going. They didn't care about the things that were happening in their life. It was a waste. And I just recklessly go out and do whatever I want to do. Because there's only two ways to live here. We're either following God's way or we're following our way. God's way is the right way and the good plan our way is recklessly. And it's a wasted life. And everybody... Is following one or the other. From the very beginning we see if we look back. The prodigal son lines up with everything that is taught to us in the Bible. If we went back in the garden and Adam and Eve that was constructed or instructed not to eat of the forbidden fruit, they did it anyway and immediately they were separated from God. In other words, Adam and Eve, Eve was beguiled. Adam was the dumb one that just, he just done what he was told to do and he took of the forbidden fruit and all of a sudden their life was a life of waste. Sin entered into them and because of this, God had to exile them out of the garden so that they didn't partake of the the tree of life and sin live on forevermore listen from that moment on it was the prodigal son they went to God they said we're not going to obey you we know better than what you know today we're going to believe the serpent we're going to partake of the forbidden fruit we're going to have good and evil the knowledge of both of them and we're going to live like we want to live and all of a sudden God said what? Have you done? They were exiled out of the garden because they went their own way. They made their own decision outside of the will of God. They made their own plan outside of the plan of God and sin came upon them and the product of sin was and is death. The prodigal son did the same thing. God he said, Father, give me all that I have coming to me. I'm going to go live my own life. I'm going to do what I want. I want everything coming to me. And so he split it and he gave him his part. And he went out and we'll see how that it turned out with him. He's desired his own way. There's two ways in life and it's a heart question but I want to ask you. There's either God's way or there's yours way. God's way leads to life. Your way leads to death. Which way are you following this morning? Which way are we following this morning? God's way, well, you know, I think things are turning out pretty good. It won't. It won't turn out good. It will turn out worse than you're even imagining. There's God's way that leads to life. There's your way that leads to death. And the prodigal son, the reckless one, the wasted one, chose his own way. In verse number 14, we'll go through this very slowly, but I want to show you something. The Bible says that when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Again, prodigal. He spent all. He spent recklessly. he done everything that he could in this world, in this life. He wasted everything that God had blessed him with, and he spent as he left himself hopeless, and he left himself without. Listen, if you don't have God it don't really matter what you've got in life. It don't make any difference. Your career will not get you to heaven. Your money will not get you to heaven. Your spouse will not get you to heaven. Your good work ethic will not get you to heaven. Your last name will not get you to heaven. If you don't have Jesus Christ living in your heart, you don't have anything this morning. You don't have nothing. Jesus said, what is a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? Life is but a vapor. We're just here for just a little while. There's none of us in here this morning, well, maybe a few teenagers, that can't look back and think, my goodness, where has time went? Well, what does that mean? That means the Bible's true. Life is but a vapor. The Bible says the prodigal son... He has spent all. Here's something else that I want you to see. Do you know what is recorded about his life when he was out living it up? If you look above them verses, you can search, you can seek, you can study it out, you will find there's nothing recorded. Because there's nothing of any type of importance to record about a life that is lived outside of Jesus. Uh, A life that is lived, uh, a selfish life that you're living of your own. The details are so important that God didn't even list them in the Bible. Nothing listed, because there's nothing worth writing down. Is this okay this morning? Then verse number 15, watch this. He went, and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. I make this statement often, but it will never become less true. Life is going to turn you to something. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much of a grip you think you have on life. Life in itself is going to turn you to something at some point. And when we look at verse number 15, he had already spent all he wanted in verse number 14. In verse number 15, it says this, I joined, he joined himself to a citizen of that country why he was being turned to something and the closest thing he had in order to have any kind of stability I'll join myself to the citizen of this country when he done this he done it because of this you got to know this he did not forget what it was like in his father's house he didn't forget how good it was we read about it a little bit later he didn't forget of how how that uh, everything was provided to him but the truth of the matter is he had a decision now I'm lost now I don't have anything I've got to join myself to something so he joined himself to a citizen of that country why did he do that? because pride was so great that at this point he refused to go back to his father's house he had to go somewhere but he was so full of pride that he refused to go back To his father's house. In verse number 16. He would have fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. He's eating the husk off the corn. The husk off the corn was absolute waste. He couldn't get no lower. I want you to think about this. He couldn't go no lower. Swine was the worst of all animals anyway. You know what the Jews did with swine? They didn't eat them. They didn't eat bacon. They didn't eat ham. You know why swine, they allowed them to exist to clean up waste. That's all they were there for. They were the lowest of all animals. They were junk. They were trash. And so they throwed them their scraps because that's all they had. And this citizen said, well, you know, I mean, you guess you could go down and, and eat with the swine. That's all I really have. And he found himself sitting with the pigs in the pig slop with a hog snorting down his throat and down his neck. And he's trying to eat the husk off of corn. He couldn't go no lower. I want to tell you this morning, I've been pastoring now, may it be 16 years, but I don't know if you can even imagine how low this is. I've had conversations with people that literally made my mouth, my jaw drop. I've dealt with situations that I'd rather not had to deal with, and I've not even been pastoring that long at all. I've had people tell me that, you don't know where I've been, you don't know what I've done, and then they start to give me a little bit of details, and I'm thinking, I wish I would have never known that. I wish I would uh, that wouldn't even been in my mind, not that I don't want you to come talk to me if you need to talk to me it's just I have compassion to people and when I see how life has done them or uh, the, some abuse they've suffered in their life when they were a child it breaks my heart I want you to know I've had people tell me you don't know where I've been you don't know what I've went through you don't know what I have experienced and I come to tell you this morning first off uh, no I don't I don't know where you've been I don't know what you've been through I don't know how dark it was I don't know how deep depression it was but what what I do want to tell you is this man, this prodigal son sitting with the swine is the type of the lowest that you could ever go. Listen, if you're the one that has went further than anybody, this is you. This is the type of you. The Lord didn't reach out to somebody here that was just hurt. Somebody that had just been betrayed. He went to the lowest of lows that the world had abused and the world had pushed off as trash. If you're the one this morning, this is you. This is the one he's talking to. He's talking to those that's been hurt the most. He's talking to those that's been used as a doormat the most. He's talking to those that, well, when you look, you had a hard time finding a reason to even live and be and exist anymore. He's talking to you this morning. That's who he went for. The lowest of all lows. Couldn't go no lower. And verse number 17, when he came to himself, He said, how many servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Look at that first line. And when? He came to himself. When he came to himself. You see, there's a knowledge that I can give you that will bear witness in your heart as truth, and that is this. That all of us will spend eternity somewhere. Either with God or separated from God. A place called heaven or a place called hell. All of us. Look, we're all, all. Every single one of us. I've shared this truth several, several times. That simply Jesus loves you. And that he died for you. To take away your sins. Your sin is what separates us from God. And if he takes that away. There's nothing separating us from having a relationship with God. When we share this truth, we share this knowledge, I have done my responsibility, but now it's your responsibility. What are you going to do with that information? What will you do with that information? You see, when we finally come to the place that we believe we're lost and that we're a sinner... And then we come to the realization that Jesus is the only way. Then we're, we're in verse number 17. He came to himself. In other words, now he's thinking right. If you believe that you're lost and undone and you're wanting a, uh, uh, you're wanting salvation, you desire salvation, my friend, now you are thinking right. We're thinking in the right way because we're thinking according to the Word of God. And when we come to the Lord, we will find that there is salvation that is still available to whosoever shall call upon the name of Jesus. They shall be saved. But first, we've got to come to our right way of thinking. And the right way of thinking is not your own way you're not going just because you're a good person you're not going because of who you are you're not going because you're a good old boy or a good old gal you will only go by the way of the blood of Jesus Christ when we come to ourselves, we're coming to a right way of thinking and the right way of thinking is what Jesus done for us on the cross of Calvary he realized this I don't have to live without my father I do not have to live without my Father. And I hope this morning if you're here and you don't know the Lord that you will realize this. You don't have to live without the Heavenly Father. You do not have to live without God. He didn't come to a cross and die and leave you out. You don't have to live without Him. Look at verse 18 and verse number 19. I will arise and go to my Father. I will say unto Him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Verse 18, 19, he's humble. He's made up his right mind that he's going to go back to the father. He made, and when he got there, he learned this. God had no, his father had no intention of making him a servant. He didn't denote him to a servant, but he made him a son. He said, I just want to be a servant. I had a guy tell me one time, I was trying to talk to him about salvation. He was trying to avoid the conversation, and I've got a lot to say, so uh, uh, he didn't do very good at avoiding the conversation. And I, I, we, we got into talking about it, and he told me this. He said, well, you know what? I've not lived a real good life. I'm not living a good life now. I'm just hoping for a shady spot over there in the corner. I don't got to have a mansion. That's the same thing the prodigal son said here. I just want to be a servant. I don't got to be a son no more. I don't I live in His house. I want you to understand this morning, uh, God don't have a shady spot up in heaven for the believer to reside because there is no second class believer. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your name is. He's not going to set you over in the corner in a shady spot. Uh, He said, I've got streets of gold. I've got mansions for you to live in. Uh, I want you to know, He didn't put you there to be a servant. He put you there to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. A shady spot. He's now humbled. He's at the place that he just wants to be back with the Father and whatever it takes. And verse number 20, He arose, he came to his Father, and when he was yet a great way off, his Father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck, and he kissed him. want to know what the Father's doing this morning? If you don't know, the Lord... Want to know what he's doing? He's looking for one that might return back and make his way back. You see, the moment that you decided that you wouldn't follow God, you took everything. That you thought was owed to you and you went and lived your own life. And the Heavenly Father now sits waiting and watching and looking. For the moment that one would make the walk back to his house. And say, Father, here am I. Verse number 21, the Son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Verse number 21 is repentance. Simple repentance. I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. What? Didn't say a perfect prayer? No, he said, I've sinned. Good enough. I've sinned and I've come back home. Good enough. Will you forgive me? Yes, absolutely. I'll forgive you. And he brought him back in. Verse number 22, I want you to see this. He said, the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe. Put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. What? No consequences for leaving? Sin has consequences. I'm not going to dispute that. But do you mean that God did not put him on a trial basis? Do you mean his heavenly father didn't discipline him? Because he left? I know this is rubbing religion the wrong way this morning. I'm not saying sin don't have consequences. I'm just saying this. You won't find in the Bible where God stopped, where the father stopped the prodigal son and interviewed him. He didn't ask him where he'd been before he'd take him back. He didn't ask him what he'd done before he'd take him back. He didn't ask him how low he went before he'd take him back. He ran. He said, bring me a robe. It was a type of righteousness. Give me a ring. It meant access to everything I have. Put shoes on his feet. meant it was ownership. I want you to know this morning, uh, no, when we read and when we look, God didn't punish him the Father loved him and took him back into his arms, and he owned him, and he gave him righteousness, and he gave him access to everything he had. I rubbed somebody the wrong way. God is a God of love. He is a God of love. He's not a God that I've heard it preached, I've heard it said. Several times, but you won't find it in the Bible. We have a lot of people that would come to the Lord, but they think they got to pay a high price. Your life of sin is going to have consequences on its own. God doesn't have to add any consequences to that. He's there to love you, He's there to restore you, He's there to help you. He's not there to discipline you for leaving, He's not waiting. Ha, ah, I can't get this across like I want to get it across. He's not waiting to see who I can take a big stick and bop him over the head. He's waiting to see who he can grab in his arms and embrace and say, I'm glad that you're finally home. That's what he's looking for. He Put shoes on his feet type of ownership. And then, if we read on, Verse 23, verse 24, Bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He's lost and he is found. And they begin to be merry. The celebration happened. The celebration happened because God loves his children. And the one that was lost, the one that was wayward, the one that spent recklessly and wasted their life, had come back home. God said, but I love them. A simple version this morning. I'm not going to be before you much longer, but a simple version. You got a picture of this. I could try to use somebody for an example, but here's the thing. All of us were the prodigals. We could have been the other son also, but I'll never get there. All of us was the prodigal son. That is wasted life, wasted years, wasted moments. But anybody in here don't have a past? All of us have moments, time that we have wasted without God the Father as our Heavenly Father. We have a picture of us leaving yourself. You're in a house. We leave Him to do our own thing. You know why? Because we we think we know better than God. We think we know better than God. Teenagers, if your parents is trying to lead you and teach you in a relationship with the Lord and you think you know better than them, let me just tell you from an outside source, you're wrong. You're wrong. If they're trying to point you to Christ, and you think you know a way that's better than Christ, you are wrong. Some of you are not going to believe that, but you're going to come back years later, and you may not ever tell me, because the devil has built such a mountain of pride up in your life. You say, I'll never admit it, but truth is, in your heart, you will know that what I just said is right. We have a picture of a heavenly father watched his wayward son make his way and waste his life. And you know what he done while he was wasting his life? He sat on the porch and he's looking for him. And the moment that he seen him afar off, he ran to him. He fell on him. He kissed him on the neck. He hollered back, said, get him a robe. Get him a ring. Get him some shoes. Kill the fatted calf. We're about to celebrate this morning. But the thing that... We don't know is everything that the prodigal son, what it took to get him there before he came to his right mind. But here's the thing about that. It really makes no difference. It don't make a bit of difference, Brother Davis, because the truth is, whatever it takes to bring you to right thinking and to bring you to a place that you'll say, I have sinned was worth it all because if it'll bring you to a place of repentance and you'll say I have sinned you've changed your direction forever and you now have an inheritance with the father and that will be worth everything would you stand with me this morning I've been simple the Jeff would you come play something softly for me i make my first statement that I started with. I'll make it again. What a shame it would be to have an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior and to reject him over and over, continue to live our own way, our own direction. Well, This morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. You don't got to eat with the pigs. You don't got to eat husk off of corn. There's a heavenly father that's waiting for you with his arms open wide. I don't care if teenager, adult, who you are. There's a God in heaven that loves you. Enough that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross so that you would not be separated from him. Would you bow your head with me this morning and will you close your eyes? I want to ask these pastors if they would come and stand right here across the front. Brother Jeff playing something softly. It's about as simple and old-fashioned as what it could be. I just want to ask you this morning, it's a heart question. As you search your heart, as you examine your heart this morning, how is your relationship with Jesus? How is your individual relationship? Look, you know better than your spouse. You know better than your children. You know better than anybody. How is your individual relationship with God? Because I just come to remind you of a simple truth. What a blessing it is for us to have another opportunity. The trouble is we don't know how many opportunities that we will have. But I want you to know this morning God loves you. He loves you this morning. He died for you. There was a time if we went all the way back to the loins of Adam that we were with Christ. But because of sin, we have been forever separated if we've not come to the knowledge of the salvation plan of God. As once being with Him, and then being separated from sin, we took what we thought we owed was owed to us, and we went our own way. This morning, I just want to tell you, why don't you come on back to the one that created you, the one that died for you, and the one that is able to give you eternal life if you're here this morning and you have examined your heart and you honestly say my relationship is not what it should be we made the first step we're already waiting but I want to give you an opportunity would you come? would you come on? would you come back home? Would you come back into the company of the Father? Would you come to a right way of thinking, which is God's plan? Say, God, I don't want to take a chance. We're just going to lead you in a simple prayer. Come on, would you come? The son said, I got to get up. I got to rise up with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed. I want to be reverent this morning. I got to go back. There's a relationship with God that awaits you this morning. Would you come this morning? Would you come? I don't care if there's just one. Would you come? We'll wait on you just a second. Come on, would you come? Come on, here's two. Would you come? How's your relationship with Jesus? All that you ever need awaits in Him. Come on, would you come this morning? Anybody else? All right, Brother Jeff, sing something this morning. Guys, would you come and join him? Church family, I'm going to let you come. Get around them this morning. Make things right with the Lord is what we're doing. Come on, would you pray with us today? Go ahead and
1: sing. But He saw what I could be. When he reached his hand to where I was, he made a change in me. But all he had to hope for Was just a possibility But still he saw not what I was He saw what I
0: could be Come on, just worship with him this morning Just a moment,
1: But he saw not what I was He saw what I could be When he reached his hand to where I was He made a change in me Before all he had to hope for was just a possibility. Oh, but still he saw not what I was, he saw what I could be.
0: I want him to do this song. It's still way early before we're dismissed this morning. So said the father sat on the porch, and he was watching and waiting for his son, and he ran out to meet him this morning. And Brother Jeff's got this song that he does. It's called He Came Looking for Me, and I'm so thankful this morning that Jesus came looking for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you worship with him for a moment this morning?
1: One night while on life's raging sea, well it looked as if I would suffer defeat. As the blackness of night it closed off the light, my heart sank with fear. Oh, and my desperate cry it rang out with fright. When all I could see was no hope inside Oh, when faith all began Well, I met the one who came looking for me Come on, would you sing it with me this morning? He came looking for me are you glad of that? He came looking for me Hallelujah Oh, when he, he made, made a way, way well, there was no way that I could see. When I drifted far, but Jesus was near. He rescued my soul and calmed all my fears. When he saw, I met the one who came looking for me.
0: Come on, sing this with him.
1: While well, on Satan. He had already, he picked out my grave His plan had moved forward to put me away Will I drifted so far Would anyone care that I soon be lost? Well, I knew my destruction was a matter of time Oh, but Jesus appeared, sent this on his mind well, am safe from the night. You came looking for me? Well, Satan, he'd already he picked out my grave. His plan had moved forward to put me away. Think about it this morning. Drifting so far, would anyone care that I'd soon be lost? I know y'all've all been there. I knew my destruction was a matter of time But Jesus appeared said, this one is mine And now I'm saved from all harm He walked Amen. through the storm He came looking for me
0: Hallelujah
1: He came looking for me He came looking for me Hallelujah he made away. a way, when there was no way that I could see. When I drifted far, but Jesus wasn't near to rescue my soul and calm all my fears. Now I'm safe from all harm since I met the one who came
0: looking for me. Amen and amen. I'm glad of that. Amen. Why don't you get- if you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.